Hello, hello, and welcome to the We Are MCBS podcast on this beautiful, beautiful August 1st morning. Today, at the table of honor, we have some great stories, great people. I am Dustin Rochadu. Hey, it's Rigel. Hi, I'm Kat Vasquez. And in the back, we still have the amazing WooHoo crew. Oh, there's the energy. That is some good energy. Uh, we still have Pete and Jason locked up somewhere. I'm not too sure. I don't know the whole story about that, but I think the Woohoo crew's holding them down hostage somewhere. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, they won't be back anytime soon. <laughs> no, no. We got some great stories for you guys here today. They're all pretty related to each other. I'm going to go ahead and start here with Facebook. Facebook has been under fire more recently than not about their usage of data and how they're kind of taking their users data and selling it off to other companies. Now, the story that I found here is about how Facebook is going and trying to rebuild their reputation as well as regain their users trust. One of the things that they've been doing, at least I've been noticing around the area when I was back in Chicago vacationing for a little while they have these ads and they're really pumping out these ads you know commercials billboard ads about how you know data misuse is not your friend this is what's up here's how you can like stay protected and now facebook for the first time will require advertisers to tell its users if a so-called data broker supplied information that led them to being served with an ad so now this is your search data what you browse on the internet, things like that. It's not necessarily your very, very personal information. It could still technically be something about like your gender, your age, where you live, and they can target ads and use that data to either help you out or just sell that off to a different company in general. Facebook has also set up new procedures for the handling of names of potential customers supplied by data brokers, which means that advertisers seeking to upload lists of these prospect onto Facebook's platform will first have to promise that the data vendor obtained any legally required consent from those consumers. Oh, okay. So that's okay. that's where they're that's mm. what we're they're looking for. Mm. So would this be in the form of just like checking the I agree type box to right, anything right. that gathers so this is, that data? This is more like when you first sign up for like an account yeah, and yeah. they have that whole list of agreements and a lot of stuff that pretty much nobody reads anyways. They just hit like, oh, I agree or I consent anyways. You know, they're going to be updating that and making that more of an obvious thing so that you understand how your data is being used or maybe sold off to other companies. Not hiding it in the fine right. print. And not, not really hiding it anymore. A lot of people were really finding out for the first time about how data is being used on Facebook and being sold off to different places. And people were very... Yeah, their private page wasn't as private as they right, were thinking. Right, They were very concerned that a lot of their personal life was just out there for anybody to see. And of course, obviously... But it is. It That's is. the thing. Exactly. It's that social is. media. It really doesn't matter, though, at this point. Like, Right. Yeah. Right. But people are concerned about people it. People are very concerned. I mean, Sir. We've been seeing how Facebook's like advertisements have completely done a 360 since those. Mm. Uh, 360? No, that would end up at the same place. A 180. <laughs> a 180, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> a 180. Yeah, completely changed their... And I've, I've just been seeing their ads. I'm like, okay, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, the ads that I've been seeing, it's just, it feels like it's almost very forced and it's something that people should have already have known. Yeah, I agree. And the thing is, the ads actually, I think they're awesome because 
I that's my experience on Facebook, which is to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. I've never been concerned about the ads. What I put out there, I knowingly put out there. So to me, that whole a deal wasn't mm-hmm. like a huge oh my god facebook is selling content to other people like that wasn't a big deal for me because i already knew it it was was, happening sort of intuitive for a lot of people more techie yeah if if you're not in that mindset and that would have been probably a pretty big shock just as shocking as when you think something and then it shows up in your advertisement feed right swear better listen because this is this is (laughs) this is how facebook has always worked right they've especially they don't get money from people you don't pay to have a facebook account they run ads right but these ads are targeted towards you but in order to do that they need your data like your search history uh, what you browse what you've even recently purchased maybe your age and they'll target specific ads towards you a lot of people never really understood that and once that finally came out it was like this huge shock when it really shouldn't have been yeah Mm -hmm. well i mean because targeted ads really are much better like they have the consumer in mind I mean, when you're driving down the street and you see billboards, how often do they apply to you? Right. Exactly. This is, like, no. this is more like this is going to be your environment I've when you looking, go into yeah. Facebook and it's catered to you. So in essence, I feel like they should be happy. But apparently that's not what the majority of America was thinking. I've been looking the at government. a product similar to this, but then a competitor's product shows up. And it's like, oh, well, that one's better. You know, like, mm-hmm. I guess people really like to think that they're private. They don't like. like no, it's on the Internet. Come <laughs> on. Like, yeah. get with the program. <laughs> And that's about going to wrap it up for our Facebook story here. And I know that we have some amazing stories at the table as well, besides Facebook. And Rigel, did you bring something interesting for us to listen to? Well, I'll let you be the judge of that. But essentially, Google, uh, I don't know if you've heard of them. Big company. The EU, the European Union, uh, hit them with a massive 5 billion fine which is 40% of the earnings of their parent company. Essentially, this is for anti-competitive business practices, and that is where they're bundling all of their Google apps, like Google Chrome, Google Maps, Google Play, onto Android devices by paying manufacturers to put them on their devices. EU is saying this is not okay because it's stifling competition, but the thing is Google is actually repealing it. They're saying, no, it is okay because on average, Android users install 50 apps. If they want, they could easily easily remove the Google apps and uh, go from there. However, it gets a little difficult because Google does develop Android. However, it's the manufacturers that they are paying like, you know, Samsung to put the Google apps on. Where's the, you know, where's the alternative going to be? And like, are you criticizing other developers who actually manufacture their product for putting their apps on it? Like, hey, you can't launch uh, an iMac with iMovie. You got to, you got to somehow port Windows Movie Maker on there, you know, be competitive. Google CEO saying this is a big anti-competitive move and it's going to stifle them and Android, and it's going to be a big win for Apple. See, I almost feel like it would be good for competition to have both of those Apple apps and Android apps be on one phone. Well, exactly, because you can get Google Chrome on an iPhone. Right, you can still get Google Chrome on an iPhone. It really pushes that app market even further between Android and Apple. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, the apps are still all out there. If you want to choose an alternative to Google Chrome, you can. You want to choose an alternative to Google Maps, they're all out there. You can still download them. It's not like they're putting a wall behind those apps it's just launching with those core apps the google ceo also said that by not launching with those apps they'd sort of further fragment the android you know app market because essentially people will have all these different variations and there there won't be any unity so that's an interesting thing because that does sound sort of anti-competitive 
if they're like, well, we want some unity. But at the end of the day, Google has the majority of a market share for a reason. Right, right. See, I don't know about you guys, but I have Safari and Google Chrome on my Mac, mm -hmm. but I use Safari for my school and like work related things. But then I use Google Chrome for more like personal things like watching YouTube, watching streams on Twitch, you know, going on social media. And I feel like it's more like a preference thing. It's really what that browser can offer or what that app can offer for you. Anyway, that's about enough of that. I think we heard some more about some more giants in the tech industry. Yeah, something, something about Amazon on over here from Kat. All right, Kat, what do you got for us? So today I'll be talking about the Amazon Prime Day site crash, which happened July 16th. Oh my, I wanted to order something. Every uh, time I checked, A dog just kept popping up saying, oh, we're sorry. And like that did not sorry. help. He didn't seem sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. So in case people that don't know what Amazon Prime Day is, it's a 36-hour event that happens once a year where Amazon Prime members, which are 100 million people, have different exclusive deals throughout the entire site. Well, I got zero hours out of it. <laughs> yeah. They say that it was up and running after seven hours, but I had problems with it throughout the entire 36 hours. But after event. seven hours, you just stopped checking though. Oh, I kept if, checking. Um, I really wanted those deals for sure. So what happened to me was that I ended up going to Target because they were also having competing deals and I ended up wanting to buy the Google Home because it was like $99. Now, so. what what is the uh, what is the Google Home? It's like Alexa or Echo. Okay, or like an Echo Dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can talk to it and it'll like search things for you or set yeah. timers. But I feel like it's better because it cuts off that secondary outlet. So like with Amazon, it has to go through Google and then give you the answer. Whereas Google Home, it'll just go straight to Google. It's like the primary source. So when I ask it something, I feel like it'll be faster and I just like it better. Like aesthetically, again, like I'm really up to that aesthetic. It's okay. very beautiful. So a little more about the crash. Basically, they were just having a lot of people coming into the site that they just couldn't handle. And uh, Amazon uses this internal storage that's called Sable that runs everything. And basically it runs 5.6 trillion requests according to last Amazon Prime Day statistics. So that was like overloaded with a ton of people. 5.6 trillion? 5.6 trillion. Is that how many requests it was getting? Yeah, so that's from all the Prime users, everybody that goes into the site, everybody that's watching Prime, the TV service that they, they stream or whatever. And then also like all of the warehouse stuff and all of the corporate stuff. Like that's oh, wow. so it's all a, in it's there. Like the complete, it's like their main, it's mega. main it's server base. Yeah. And it couldn't take it. I know personally for me that when I went on Amazon during Prime Day that I can definitely vouch that it was very, very laggy, very slow. Right. And obviously I had no idea what was going on. And, you know, I had a little thought in my mind. I was like, okay, it's probably just, you know, like server overload. Did you think it was your Wi-Fi though? No. See, I thought it was I thought it was on me. <laughs> oh, I was no. like, no, Amazon. Amazon, Amazon cannot Amazon shut down. down like yeah. No. So I thought it was on me at first. Right. And after some time, obviously, like the site crashed and when it came back up and I checked some of those deals, they were okay. You yeah. Know? Like it wasn't it wasn't like a it was sort a of huge it was thing. really overhyped. Like, it was. Uh, it was. I feel like Amazon really overhyped it. And well, there was obviously, like, I mean it got obviously, crashed in the first seven hours. Right. So. Exactly. Right. No. It actually crashed 15 minutes in to Prime oh, Day starting. No. Yeah, which is crazy. I, was, I contributed to that because I, I checked yeah. probably within 15 minutes. Yeah, so it crashed at 3.02 p.m. Eastern time. They should have definitely been prepared for that, I feel. Right. Especially since they just opened up this Prime Day to four new countries. 
Well, those were some interesting stories that we had today. Thank you again, Kat and Rigel, for being with us. And Thank you, Justin. as always, the Woohoo crew. That's going to do it for us today, guys, on the We Are MCBS podcast. See you next week.